Hey, it's Bobby Richards, producer of the Business Made Simple podcast. Every episode of the show, we focus on coaching you through what's keeping you up at night when it comes to running and growing your small business. The overwhelm is real, especially when you feel trapped in the day-to-day operation or stressed, discouraged, and constantly second-guessing the plan you've implemented for growth. Well, in Donald Miller's new book, How to Grow Your Small Business, you'll get a proven six-step plan for growth so you can stop drowning in the details and finally start spending more time doing the things you truly love, both in your business and in your life. So if you are ready to experience freedom, flexibility, and growth for your small business, How to Grow Your Small Business is the book you've been waiting for. And if you pre-order How to Grow Your Small Business at growyoursmallbusiness.com right now, you'll get a free audio summary of the book delivered right into your inbox. Stop losing sleep worrying about whether or not you're growing your small business the right way and start using a proven plan that works. Just pre-order How to Grow Your Small Business at growyoursmallbusiness.com. Binding Founders Podcast, hosted by Sam Donner, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Designed to inspire, Finding Founders is a podcast about vulnerability and entrepreneurship, where you learn from the life stories of founders of amazing businesses. Here's some episodes to check out right now. Modernizing Meditation, Sam chats with Sue Schwartz, founder of Unplug Meditation. Sue's gives insights around a mission to make meditation simple, powerful, and accessible to all. How about this? Drop your career and start beekeeping. My wife would love that. Founders of TNA Farms, Adam and Therese, walk through their journey from beekeeping hobbyists to professional beekeepers who sell their honey all over over the country. Sounds good to me. If you want the real stories around how amazing businesses rose to success, listen to Finding Founders wherever you get your podcasts. Most presentations, they're just not very good. They're not very interesting. I don't know why I needed to listen to this. Often it's a show and tell of things that this person has done to justify their salary. Today's podcast is an antidote to bad presentations. If you follow this formula, you are going to give the kind of presentation that gets a standing ovation. I want people screaming your name. And even more than that, it gets buy-in. People go, that's the direction we need to go, or that's the product I need to buy, or that's the person I need to hire. Well, with that, welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the only place that coaches you through a six-step plan to grow your small business. We do that by helping you build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership, the body is your overhead, the right engine is your marketing, the left engine is your sales, the wings are your products, and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Why do some presentations work and other presentations fail? Well, here's why. Presentations that work invite the audience into a story. Presentations that do not work try to disseminate information to an audience that doesn't care and hasn't been told why they should care, right? You've got to invite the audience into a story. So I'm going to walk you through seven parts of giving a great presentation. Part one, the problem. Do not walk to the middle of the stage and tell everybody who you are or why you should be there. Your name doesn't matter yet. In fact, You should have been introduced, right? 
And you can tell people your name at the end. Your name is not why they are listening. The reason that the audience is there and listening is they want to know if you can solve a problem. That's it. And if you can solve a problem that they have, they are listening. The way story structure works is story actually organizes events, happenings, information into a specific set order that makes sense to the human brain. When things happen in order, the hero enters the scene, the hero has a problem, it's foreshadowed what the hero needs to do in order to solve this problem, and the hero engages uh, life, as it were, to try to overcome the barriers that are keeping him or her from solving this problem. And then there is an obligatory scene at the end where this problem is resolved in one scene, and then there's evidence of the transformation that the hero encountered because they had to become somebody stronger in order to solve that problem. That's an order that happens in every movie you have ever seen. Every single movie you've ever seen follows that exact same formula. And there's a reason. The reason is the human brain engages that story formula like nothing else. In fact, 30% of the time in life, you are daydreaming. And when you're daydreaming, you're trying to save mental energy because there's nothing worth thinking about that's going to help your life right now. So you go into daydream mode. However, if you sit down to watch a Netflix series, you won't daydream for the hour, two hours, three hours, seven hours, 10 hours that you intend to binge watch whatever it is that you're watching. You pay attention. One of the reasons that you pay attention is because a story puts everything in, in an order so that you don't have to think or do a lot of cognitive work to understand. And the last movie that I saw was Ticket to Paradise with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. And it was established very, very quickly that George Clooney and Julia Roberts are a divorced couple that in a very playful, whimsical, rom-com kind of way, don't like each other. They did have a daughter, and that daughter recently met a guy and is getting married. And they are having to come together as a team to stop this marriage from happening. It was obvious within nine minutes of this movie starting that one, they don't like each other, and two, they have to work together to stop this marriage. That's what the movie's about. The problem is their daughter's about to marry somebody that they don't want them to marry, and the other problem is they don't like each other. And the other problem is they're going to have to work together to get it to stop. Without the problem, there is no story. There is no story and there's no reason to pay attention because the problem actually posits a story hook. How is the hero going to solve this problem? Therefore, if you want to hook the audience from the first second, from the first second, you walk to the middle of the stage and you say, 10 small airplanes will crash. and probably somebody will die and probably many people will be hurt. And every single one of those crashes can be avoided because it was all pilot error. Every one of those can be avoided. Well, now you've got the audience. Even if you're not a pilot, even if you don't fly a plane, something's going to happen that could be avoided. And I'm very curious about what it is, right? An amateur would walk to the middle of the stage and they would literally say this, Hi, everybody. It's great to be here today in Milwaukee. My name is Donald Miller, and I've been a pilot for a long time. In fact, my father was a pilot, and he used to take me up in his airplane, and we flew all over Wisconsin. And occasionally, even as a nine-year-old, he would put on a blindfold and make me land the plane. And the whole audience is sitting there going, well, this is kind of interesting, but why am I listening? And we haven't gotten to the problem yet. If you start with a problem, you're basically saying to the audience, here's why you should listen to me from here on out. Second, 
position your idea as the solution to the problem. Your idea or your product, your vision, whatever it is, is the solution to the problem. I have a new pilot's checklist that they can go through in only seven seconds as they enter the final turn and descend toward the runway. This will save 90% of crashes from happening. And it is not a checklist that most flight instructors know about. Well, now we're paying attention because you've got the solution to the problem that you just introduced. Third, give a three-step plan. What we need to do at every small airport in the country is, one, post this checklist, two, make sure that every flight instructor understands it, and three, require it by the flight whatever of America that it has to be done. The reason you want a three-step plan is because people need you to build a bridge from the problem to the solution. Otherwise, they won't get there. Most people will say, well, we've got this problem and there's this solution over there, but there is a mental, psychological yawning chasm between the problem and the solution, and they don't know how to get there. And so you want to give them a three-step plan that gets from the problem to the solution. When was the last time you heard someone say, it's almost too easy when talking about a piece of tech? Probably never, right? Because tech usually isn't easy. Tech is usually too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating when it should just be plain easy. HubSpot's CRM platform is ridiculously easy to learn, use, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't speak to each other. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connects your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use. It is easy to use, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. Fourth, you want to actually explain the negative stakes. Here is what is at stake. If people don't cross this bridge, if they don't do these three things, here's what's at stake. Somebody in this room is going to know somebody who dies in a small plane crash in the next 10 years. That's what's going to happen. There are 2,000 people in this room. So if you look at the statistics, that means somebody in this room, we all know about 40 people, is going to know somebody who died. You know, I'm, I'm making this stuff up, but you've got to have negative stakes. And then you have to have positive stakes. However, if this is implemented at every small airport in the country in which there is some form of flight school or a flight instructor, you will never get that call. You will never get that call that somebody you know has passed away in a small plane crash. It isn't going to happen. And instead, you might go out flying with them someday and enjoy the best sunset of your life. That's the kind of life that I'm looking for. That's step five. Step six, a testimony. So a testimony is somebody else other than you saying what this person is saying to do, we should do. And so you're going to want, as a flight instructor at a small flight school in Cincinnati, I know that the pre-final turn checklist has saved at least one life in my care. And now it's somebody outside of you actually saying why they should do this, why the audience should buy into this idea. And then it's the call to action. And the call to action might be something like, text this number, download the checklist, and share it with any pilot that you know. Will you do that for me as an audience? Raise your hand 
if you will actually text this number or scan this QR code and forward it to any amateur pilot that you know. I'm trying to get 1 million pilots this year to sign off on this checklist because I'm trying to save lives. Will you do this for me? Probably one in a hundred of you listening to this have ever flown a plane or have any sort of pilot's license. I tried to pick an area that nobody would really be interested in because it doesn't apply to you. And yet that's fascinating, isn't it? Imagine how much more money you would make if this were a speech that you were making at a real estate conference or convention. Imagine how much faster your business would grow if you use this formula to create a presentation that was a sales pitch to sell your product. You would be inviting people into a story and no longer boring them with random facts and details about your product or service or your idea. Now, finally, one last thing. Where do you put your name? Let's say you're talking to a group of people and they don't know who you are. I would not bring it up first. I would not say, my name is Donald Miller and I'm here to talk about it. I think you go through the entire speech and between slides six and seven, you would say, it's really been great talking to you today. My name is Donald Miller. I'm the CEO of Business Made Simple. And here's what I want you to do based on today's conversation. Now, here's why I put the name last. Because if you've given a really great presentation, people will want to remember who you are. But if you put your name first, nobody will know why they should remember your name. That's the truth. They won't know. If you walk to stage and say Donald Miller, nobody's going to remember your name at the end of it. But by the end of this, they're going to be going, this, this guy was incredible. This guy's saving lives in small airplanes. My name is Donald Miller, and my mission is to save the lives of young pilots everywhere. Here's what you can do to help me with my mission. Scan this QR code. Take this pilot checklist and forward it to any friend you have that flies a small aircraft. Thank you so much, everybody. It was great being with you today. And people go, wow, Donald Miller is on a mission, right? And so I think your name comes last because you've earned uh, the real estate there in their mind at that point to remember you and remember who you are. So when I go and listen to a presentation that's done poorly, my mind is always trying to make story sense of it. And the more you can put the information in the order that I shared with you, the more story sense you are making and the less my mind has to work, therefore the easier it is for me to pay attention. That's why a presentation with this formula will work and why a presentation that does not use this formula will not work. I think if you just follow this formula, you just organize the information in this order, you're going to get a lot more people paying attention and a lot more buy-in for whatever it is that you're talking about. And what you're talking about is really important. If you're a small business owner, it's very important that your business grows. You got bills to pay. You got bills to pay. Okay. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action is an exercise. Let's say you got a presentation coming up. I don't care if you're teaching Sunday school or if you are speaking at the United Nations in front of the entire General Assembly. Use this formula. Here's what you do to prepare for your presentation. Go open a PowerPoint deck or a Keynote deck. If you're a Mac user, go to Google Presentations. Open up a slide deck. Create seven blank slides. Nothing on them. Seven blank slides. On the first slide, in big black letters, write problem. On the second slide, write position your idea as the solution to the problem. On the third slide, write, give a three-step plan from the problem to the solution. On the fourth slide, write negative stakes. On the fifth slide, write positive stakes. On the sixth slide, write testimony. 
And on the seventh slide, write call to action. Now, what you want to do is obviously you go over each of those slides and fill in the problem. Fill in your idea as the solution. Fill in the three-step plan, the negative, positive stakes, the testimony, the call to action. Fill out those seven slides. Now, I do want to challenge you to keep it at seven because you're going to want to stick something in there. And you know, you might want to say, well, there are 10 negative stakes, and I want to keep making this worse and worse. That might be good, but ultimately, it's probably not going to be good. You know, We've got a saying around my office, and it's this, commas are not your friend. And what we mean by that is whenever you're writing copy, especially marketing copy, whenever you say it's really going to help you make a lot of money, comma, and experience peace of mind, comma, and, you know, grow your hair back on your bald spot, comma, and make friends and influence people, comma. You dilute the offering by adding so many things. But if, if you just offer one thing, there's a punch to it. And so I like this punch with the problem and punch with your idea as the solution, and a punch for the three-step plan, a punch for the negative stakes, a punch for the positive stakes, punch for the testimony, and a punch for the call to action. You say, Don, that's only going to be about an eight-minute presentation. Great. People will remember it as the best presentation they heard that day. It doesn't have to be long. Listen, I hope that was helpful for you if you got a presentation coming up, or if you know somebody who has a presentation coming up, help them not crash and burn and send them this episode. And just try it. Try it the next time you give a presentation. I don't care if you teach in Sunday school. Next time you give a presentation, use this script and watch what happens. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly far and fast. See you next week. <laughs>